Thanks for listening to Middle Aged and Mediocre. I'm Cash. I'm Joel. And uh, we are a podcast about all things strange and unusual, death, UFOs, and other creepy, Cults. weird, random shows. There you go. Yeah. Not uh, just naming things in the room. Oh my god. There's a cult of ghosts. King warrior with the haircut of a small Dutch boy wages a never-ending battle with a skeleton man. Set in a hybrid world of sword and sorcery and technological sci-fi, it's a tale as old as time, but one we're here to tell you once again. Hello and thank you for listening to Middle Age Mediocre. We're your hosts. You can call me Cash. I'm Joel. That's Joel. <laughs> and by the power of Grayskull, we have the power. I That's have a little redundant. The power! So raise your swords high. Find yeah. a big old cat to saddle up and ride, and let's get into the world of Masters of the Universe. Do you remember Battle Cat? Battle Cat and Panther. And what right? was Battle Cat's name when he cringer? Cringer. I remember that was a trivia question on our last podcast. <laughs> it was. And I got it wrong, and it's been burnt in my brain ever since, because I'm a big E-Man guy. Masters of the Universe. Yeah, you- Adam. Prince Adam. I, uh, yeah, as I was doing this, this whole write-up, uh... Why did they need to give He-Man... Because, like, originally, we'll get into it, but originally he didn't have that whole alter ego thing. That wasn't a part of the original... The Prince Adam? Yeah, like, why did they decide he needed to be... I, like, people couldn't tell. I don't... They knew <laughs> most people. Like, like at least that. Superman had a pair of glasses. Yeah, I know. He, he's like, I'll put on this pink shirt. Yeah, nobody <laughs> likes me. <laughs> nobody will think it's Tough the, guys the don't giant, wear pink. muscular, yeah. blonde-headed Dutch boy. <laughs> Dutch boy. Oh, God. So that's right. We're going to talk about Masters of the Universe. Not just the movie. Not just the show. The toys, the show, the movie, its impact on culture. We're going to talk about all of it. I've been impacted. You, I've been deeply before impacted. you got into VHS. Yeah, you definitely were impacted by Master of the Universe because you had yeah, kind of a lot. A lot. I still have my, you still have it. Yeah, most, very the very most of it. And your favorite is Beastman, Beast right? Man, yep, yep. He's pretty badass. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot to talk about. Uh, I, I, the reason I left. The Masters of the Universe off my top five 80s movie list. Yeah. It's because I wanted to do a full Masters of the Universe, the entire, uh, you know, franchise. And here we are. But it would have been in my top five for sure. The movie? I love the movie. I know it's terrible. The live action movie? I love it though. I was like trying to think if there was a cartoon movie or something. I, like, I, I love the live action movie. movie so much. It's so <sighs> bad and it doesn't make I remember, a- like, I watch it. Like, it's, yeah, I'll definitely watch it, but it's just. Like what the fuck it is, is like this? Number one or two on my like most wow. wanted VHS list. Yeah. So, uh, if you thought I audibly gasped when I saw Princess Bride out the wild, <laughs> I know what else you audibly oh, do. <laughs> my dick's coming out if I see Masters of the Universe <laughs> VHS start, out the wild. You better start carrying the Masters of the Universe town just in case. I was gonna be like, by the power of Grayskull. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's get into it. All right. In the vast landscape of pop culture, there are a few franchises that have captured the hearts and imaginations of fans across multiple generations quite like Masters of the Universe. What began as a line of action figures in the early 80s blossomed into a multimedia empire that included an animated show and a live action film. 
The epic saga, with its rich mythology, iconic characters, and enduring legacy, has become an integral part of the collective nostalgia and pop culture lexicon. At its core, Masters of the Universe is a tale of heroism, epic battles, and the eternal struggle between good and evil. The action figures that started it all introduced kids to a new line of evil villains and the heroic warriors who battled them, each with their own unique powers and personalities. Do you remember if the He-Man, if the like first figures, did they have squishy heads? I I feel like they had squishy heads. I have a, like a real old one that has a squishy head. So squishy they did head. at some point have squishy heads. Yeah. Okay. I kept seeing pictures and they did not look like they were squishy. And then I thought I first run. I thought I maybe had like a what's the thing where you knock uh, off? No, where you remember uh, one thing one way. Oh yeah. Uh, Mandela. That thing Mandela effect yeah. is going on with me. Yeah. You Bernstein buried it. So I thought you would probably know those since you had quite a few of them for a while. I, I don't know. Anyways. Mandela. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just be wrong. It doesn't have to be an effect. You just remember shit wrong. So, yeah, someone I know. Get over it. Someone I know refuses, refuses to accept <laughs> the fact that Kroger has never been Kroger's. There, oh, I thought there was an S. Yeah, yeah. He he will not accept. I like I Googled it. Google <laughs> image search. I was like, there's not a single picture I of can't Kroger's. be wrong. And he's like, not no. Not about this. He's like, it was there. It was Kroger's. What a thing to take a, like, their stand on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the hill I die on. Yeah. I used to always call it Kroger's. I was like, oh, I guess there's an S. It's Kroger's. Yeah, just everybody calls it. I'm fucking it's stupid. And I got on with it. That's it. And I moved on. <laughs> That's like the Berenstein Bears thing. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, I think I remembered it one way, but it's not. All right. So I don't think they. I went, was a, I don't think they went back in time and changed everything. We all. I don't know. The, the, yeah, they were like, our evil plan is to change the Berenstein Bears. I caught ya. <laughs> They'll never know what to do with I that. I read. Yeah, I mean, I was a dumb kid. Then. Of course, <laughs> I did retain all the knowledge. Oh, uh, so He Man. <laughs> The most powerful man in the universe stood as the embodiment of courage and righteousness, leading the charge against the malevolent forces of Skeletor and his minions. Through imaginative play, children are transported to the mystical realm of Eternia, where battles for the fate of the universe unfolded. The first wave of figures created by Mattel and released in 82. Do you remember who all was included in that first run? Uh, Probably Skeletor, Mm -hmm. uh, He-Man, of course. Let's go Man-at-Arms. Uh, Evil Lynn? Tila? Orko. Tila was one. Okay. Orko's not. Orko wasn't on there? Beast Man? Uh, Beast Man. Beast Man, okay. Uh, Merman? Merman was, was one. one. Okay. I don't know. Where you I'm got up to. one, two, three. <laughs> you got four to go. <laughs> I have four more to go. Yeah. Oh shit! I don't think you'll get. Well, uh, well, it was the guy with the wings? Uh, frackety frick. You it's you got the guy. Man, but I'm on the, the spot. I can't. So there was you got He Man, Man at Arms, Stratos, Stratos, Tila, Tila, Skeletor, Skeletor, Mer, uh, Merman. <laughs> I repeat them. I got Merman too. Yeah, you got that Beast Man. Yeah, Zodak. I do not remember Zodak. Zodak, okay. He's the yeah. I I know which one that is. He kind of has like a Luchador mask on. Right? Okay. Google. There was Battle Cat. Battle Cat. Okay. And then I don't remember, I don't remember this one. Screech. I didn't see a picture. Like so, I, yeah, there's some that were a lot better than others. So Screech. Well, oh, Screech, was that the bird? I think that was the bird that went to uh, Gray Skull. It is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a little, yeah, the flying Skeletor's bird. Oh, yep, yep, yep. And then who was the other guy? Uh, uh, Zodak. Zodak. I do not remember Zodak. Yeah, it looks like he has, like, 
bear, bear ears or bear. something. Oh, <laughs> that guy. Let's see. Uh, yeah. Oh, could you get this mom's picture up there? Thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a weird helmet. Yeah. Yeah, I got him, but without his chest plate, I believe. I, I, uh, he looks like he, he looks kind of like Ant Man. It's just a throw. You can see why he probably didn't. They didn't come up with any more versions. Yeah. So that was the first line. Oh, there was also, of course. Uh, Battle Ram and Wind Raider vehicles, yeah. and the Castle Grey Skull playset. Yep, Ooh, got that for Christmas. I never had it. Or yes, I did. I had I had Stink Mountain yeah. for sure. So beyond the success, I do have both of those still displayed in my house. I kept those up. Can't get rid of those. Can't get rid. Of, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't get rid of any of it. But building upon the success of the action figures, the Masters of the Universe franchise expanded into an animated show that brought the world of Eternia to life. He Man and the Masters of the Universe took audiences on a thrilling adventure. Blending fantasy and science fiction elements with moral lessons and captivating storytelling. The animated series introduced fans to the expansive lore of the universe, showcasing the enigmatic Castle Grayskull, the treacherous Snake Mountain, and the diverse roster of heroes and villains that inhabited this fantastical realm. As the franchise continued to capture the imaginations of fans, the Masters of the Universe saga made its way to the silver screen with a live-action film. While the film faced a share of challenges, it remains a significant chapter in the franchise's history, bringing the epic battles and iconic characters to a wider audience. But not in the best way. Beyond the toys, animated show, and film, Masters of the Universe is deeply rooted in the hearts of fans around the world. It has become a symbol of nostalgia, a cherished cherished part of childhood memories and a source of inspiration for creative endeavors the franchise's popularity has given rise to dedicated fan communities conventions and an ongoing appreciation for heroic tales of he-man and his allies and apparently a mall appearance yeah of he-man that joel went to vaguely remember <laughs> and, yeah i had unlocked my memories thinking about that was it a, like a like a regular sized dude with like a really terrible like muscle muscle costume I feel or was like it like a big was. badass nah, muscle was, dude I don't, it wasn't a Big okay. Guy. I think Skeletor was there. I'll have to see if I can find wow. those pictures. Definitely look to see if you can find those pictures yeah. so we can post them. So this, like, yeah, I was always a big, huge, huge He-Man guy. I was guy. too. Uh, this episode delves into the remarkable journey of Masters of the Universe, exploring the birth of the toy phenomenon, the vibrant world brought to life in the animated show, and the impact its impact on nostalgia and the leap for the silver screen. It examines the franchise's evolution, its legacy, and the reasons why Masters of the Universe continues to captivate and resonate with fans of all ages. Now, let's battle our way through the saga of the Masters of the Universe, celebrating the heroes, the villains, and the timeless battles that have left their mark on the landscape of pop culture. So the catalyst for the creation of He-Man began in 1976. Catalyst? The The battle catalyst. The battle catalyst. Began in 1976 when Mattel CEO Ray Wagner declined a request to produce a toy line of action figures based on the characters from a little-known film, little-known film called Star Wars. With that film's rights being acquired by Kenner instead, and nerds, Kenner, Kenner made so much money, oh, yeah. and they like kind of revolutionized the size of action figures. Uh-huh. By, like they were yeah, like yeah, the, it was bigger before that, right? But I think Star Wars, no, Star Wars was the re- the Star Wars figures was the reason the GI Joe figures became the way they were. Thank you, Star Wars. Before then, they were those big, tall ass, twelve inch yeah, doll yeah. looking things. Yeah, I didn't have it. My Star Wars toys. I like the movie I never, and stuff. I had a friend that had in South Carolina. His name was Guy. Uh huh. Little, little, little kid named Guy. Hey, That's guy. adorable. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking weird. His mom like had hey, little puppets. Guy. His mom did like church puppets. So she had like a whole room full of fucking church puppets. And it was like, they were like, 
I was going to church with him and stuff, but, like, he had a room full of fucking every Star Wars Star Wars toy, like, ever since, like, he was cool. <laughs> I put up with all the other fucking dude named God with his fucking church puppets. I, like, I was like, we're going to play with Star Wars or what? Yeah, my, uh, my friend that lived across the street from me was named Josh. Uh, I'm confused. Yeah, and he had every his whole basement was toys. Yeah, and he had every goddamn which I never I didn't I wasn't a fan of Star Wars. Yeah, uh, so I didn't care about those. But he had also everything from Masters of the Universe, oh. like every GI Joe. Yeah, he had all of it. Nice. And I was always so so just plotting his murder a lot. Wow, you get toys. Yeah, make him write a little note with crown. <laughs> Josh, other jo- the other the better not Josh. me. Yeah. Josh, I Some say it. the best. <laughs> it's just basically me as like Donald Trump writing a letter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so many many people say he's the best Josh. Uh, uh, my toys. I would love to know what your friend Guy is doing now. Fuck. I can't imagine a good turnout <laughs> for a guy that grew up with church puppets. Yeah. That they had their own room. Oh, man, yeah. I just, life could not have worked out for that guy. For guy. <laughs> like, there's a little bed in there. And it was like one of those, like, higher beds. And it was, it was just, it was South Carolina. And fucking dude's name was Guy. Well, Guy, if you're out there listening. I went to McDonald's out there in church. And I got a bunch of, like, cool Happy Meal toys. <laughs> guy, if you're out there listening. If, <laughs> if the cult you're in lets you have access to the outside world. <laughs> If uh, blink twice, guy. If you know the, if the prison has Wi-Fi <laughs> access, shoot us a message and let us know oh, how man. you turned out. Dude, I bet he's like some CEO Dead. of some fucking. Oh. Yeah, he's. I bet guys doing all right. I bet guys in prison for something <laughs> terrible, actually. Oh uh, man, what ever happened to his Star Wars collection? Well. It got taken in the... He had, like, the board game and stuff. and He had a TV that was, like, built into the wall. It was, like, like their, like, back room area, you know? That's when you know that family Fuck, had too much son. money. When they can be rear... When they can be modifying their house yeah. to fit a TV inside they the had wall. They like had, like, a screened-in, like, outdoor area off the house, you know? Keep them bugs out. Mm-hmm. Guy doesn't like the bugs. Guy! <laughs> Who looks at a little tiny baby? He was like, I shall name him Guy. Was his dad's name like Man? I don't fucking remember, dude. He had Star Wars toys. Yeah, I don't ever remember anything about his dad. I remember his mom, not his dad at all. Well, Mattel he was dead. I don't know. Let's say that though. No, Mattel could have had Star Wars toys, uh, but they didn't think there was going to be any success there. Yeah. Turns out they were very wrong. Yeah, uh, like an eight foot what? <laughs> so Wookie. Upon the commercial success of the Star Wars film trilogy and all related merchandise during the first the next few years, Mattel attempted to launch several unsuccessful toy lines, none of which captured the public's imagination or made a significant dent in the toy market. So in the race to design the next hit action figure, Roger Sweet, a lead designer working for Mattel's preliminary design department, Throughout much of the seventies and eighties, uh, <laughs> he was the first. He's like, what about a what about a person? I want to say guy, but not yeah. guy from South Carolina. He's like, what well, was a toy about a car? He's like, I don't know. It's just a it's just a primitive. <laughs> you're not far off. Yeah. about how this happened. So he was the first to conceptualize. He says he's the first to conceptualize uh. He Man. He said that in the in his book that he wrote. This is not officially acknowledged by Mattel. Uh, you know, he 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 a man. Yeah, the, the person that <laughs> developed He-Man or created him, that's up to debate. 
According to various former Mattel designers, though, Roger Sweet drew inspiration for the designs of his first He-Man prototypes from fantasy drawings of Mattel packaging designer Mark Taylor, which included a drawing of He-Man of a He-Man-like character called Torak. Uh, you can find that dude's drawings online, and they are fucking cool. Yeah, like his original, like before he was called Skeletor. Like, the kind of character he drew uh, that would become Skeletor looks so badass. Like, uh, there's this very cool, uh, it looks like he, it's a painting more than a drawing, but I don't know. But it shows, like, He-Man on top of uh, Battle Cat. Uh-huh. But then there's, like, other, there's, like, enemies also riding Battle Cat. So it was, like, that was, like, a whole. Oh, okay. And it just looks. Like a herd of Yeah, it just looks fucking cool. Uh, so Battle Rock, Cat's probably my fucking favorite thing. About that was the best toy in the yeah. world. That yeah. red saddle. And then if you had Panther too, and you were just yeah. like ramming them into each other. I got him. Yeah. I got him. You do that. You ran them oh, all the time. I'm late for work. They're like, yo. You're like, he man, Panther, and Battle Cat. I'm like, I, I was I, trying to separate them. I didn't have the power to stop. <laughs> They're like, oh, Joel. You old scamp. Here's a raise and a thousand dollars cash, funny man. <laughs> So Roger Sweet presented the He-Man concept to Ray Wagner at the Mattel product conference in the form of three large, three, three large, three-dimensional plaster prototype models, which Sweet dubbed the He-Man Trio. These prototypes were molded from an extensively modified Big Jim action figure. Big Jim, yeah. Big Jim. I heard. You heard of Big Jim? Isn't that where Battle Cat came from? He was just like a tiger on that or something? I don't know. Just, yeah, I Big was... Jim was just like various big guy that had different he was like an astronaut and a big gym yeah (laughs) so the he-man trio models were an axe-wielding barbarian a tank-headed soldier and a spaceman with a boba fett-like helmet uh he basically did some market research too and discovered that uh boys aged five to ten the three words that most uh like popped out to them Uh were like swords uh battle and uh, I forget the other like. Guns. <laughs> I forget what the other one was, but he was like, I don't know, just what you want. Yeah. Uh, so out of the three concepts, the barbarian version of He-Man was chosen to be the basis of the toy line. Uh, to quote George Sweet, I came up with my own idea for an '80s cartoon, and I. This is not to quote George Sweet. This is to quote Cash, oh. Sweet Man. Okay. This is my toy line pitch to you. So I, I want to sell you my toy line. Okay. Because this is what George Sweet did. He had All to sell right. it. So I came up with my own idea for an 80s cartoon. And I wanted to give you the sales pitch. So here it goes. Get out of my office! In the land of Gigantus, a war wages on between good and evil. Man mm. versus machine. The heightened and the average size. Our heroes are the tall bots. They are robots that are tall. <laughs> There's the team leader, Skyscraper. The weapons expert, Towering Inferno. There's Daddy Long Legs, a robot spider with very long legs. Eight of them. <laughs> Eight of them. And there's Minute Bull. He's not a robot. He's Minute Bull. Together, the tall bots do battle with a diabolical Stiltor, an average-sized man who longs to be tall. But as he is but flesh and blood, his genes have molded him into a respectable 5'10 madman, oh. hell-bent on conquering, conquering Gigantus and destroying the tall bots. With biomechanical stilts fused to his legs, giving him access to heights he never thought imaginable, only the tall bots stand between his dastardly band of villains and global domination. You interested in buying tall bots? 
Uh, I think I'll pass on it. <laughs> what about short butts? Short butts. How do you feel about short butts? What if we had tall and short bots and just bots? You're fucking crazy. <laughs> leaving. Why does it have to be one or the other? You heard Minute Bowls in it, right? Yeah. He's he, the basketball player. He's like their mascot. He's like their, the fun character. He's like the Orko, if you will. Where you buy tall bots. <laughs> I'll, I'll pass it along. <sighs> Fuck. Well, gotta keep doing this podcast then. Keep doing it. I really thought I just made my, uh, my nut. <laughs> Daddy Longleg. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I the saw Tallbots are a good guy. I saw the store Tallbot yesterday, uh-huh. and I thought Tallbots. How the hell did that never become an eighties movie? Tallboy, Tallboy, Tallbolt, Tallbots. I just liked skyscrapers. Just like the normal, like every eighties cartoon had like yeah. the lead was just like the most normal dude, and then everyone else around him does all the crazy shit. Skyscraper. Really thought you'd. Buy it. Anyways. <laughs> originally set under the working title of Lords of Power. I spent too much money on all my He-Man toys. <laughs> Damn you, He-Man! <laughs> Man, I'll get See, you. If you cross over, it, could, it might have legs. Ooh. If you can do a crossover. That's how, like, you know, She-Ra. You have to, like, okay. introduce your tall bots. I'm going to go back to my He-Man. office. I'm going to work on the pitch. Yep. I'll be back. Bring it back. So originally <laughs> said... Really tall bots. <laughs> Super tall bots is my I final mean. offer. I've changed nothing else about the pitch. <laughs> Call them super extreme bots. Tall bots. This is the 90s now that I'm doing my pitch. Hell yeah. All I've added is, yeah, extreme. That's just that's the letter X. Extreme. Extreme. Okay. Tall, extreme tall bots. So. XTB. Originally set under the working title... Lords of Power. <laughs> the name Masters of the Universe came into being when it was suggested that the former name of the toy line was too religious in nature. What was the first one? Masters Lords of, of pa- Power. Lords of Power. Yeah. yeah. Jesus Gods of Power. Was the, first. <laughs> the roster of characters would soon expand past the main hero, He-Man, and Mar- or main hero He-Man, and Mark Taylor would draw inspiration for the series' main villain Skeletor from his 1971 sketch entitled The King of Sticks along with early renderings of his characters Demo-Man and D-Man. Taylor would create preliminary designs for several other original characters as well, with additional ideas or direction from Mark Ellis and Paul Cleveland, among others. But the premise behind the toy line had not yet been fully established. The backstory of He-Man was first conceptualized for special mini-comic books, which I completely forgot that those came with the figures. Yeah, Those were created by marketing director Mark Ellis, because he promised distributor uh, was first conceptualized for special mini comic books that Mattel marketing director Mark Ellis promised distributors were accompanying the toys. Mattel had DC Comics mock up a comic book with the earliest storybooks written by Donald F. Glute. With major distributor Toys R Us concerned that five year olds don't read, Mark Ellis then first <laughs> proposed the idea of an animated TV special. <laughs> These five-year-olds, they're fucking dumb. Yeah, that's why we put pictures in there. This is going to help them read. <laughs> yeah. I want to help! Money! Tall bots! Tall bots! This yeah, one... I have uh, like most of the original run of comic books, well, that's too. Pretty... Like the little ones? Oh, no, the big ones. Like from Marvel? Marvel? No, DC did them. Yeah, I Superman. Know, one of them, nerd. Superman came in. <laughs> one of them, nerd? I don't know. I just have eyes because I collect... Master of the Universe. Yeah, because they introduced the He-Man comic book. I have some of the minis, too. By having Superman go to Eternia. Oh. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. He was under the control of Skeletor. 
Skeletor is pretty powerful. Yeah, he was controlling Superman. Okay. But of course, then, you know, He-Man saved the day. <laughs> this would eventually lead to a He-Man versus Superman. That'd be fun. That's what happened. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just back alley shit. No one saw it. <laughs> it was like in the movie. It was in the jersey. This would eventually lead to a meeting with Filmation head Lou Scheimer and the creation of the He-Man in the Universe, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe animated series. He-Man's action figure was unlike anything seen before, standing at around five and a half inches tall. Ah, oh, the fucking battle axe, the shield, the fucking sword! The figure possessed an impressively muscular physique, oh. complete with intricately designed harness, a distinctive oh, power Oh, you can take sword. it off? Yeah, a little yeah. Yeah. Popped it like a bra, you're like... You but it would his... break. They always fucking broke. The attention to detail in the figure's unique aesthetic set it apart from other toys on the market at the time. The toy line expanded beyond just He-Man himself, featuring an extensive cast of characters from both the forces A of colorful cast of characters, I would say. <laughs> extensive colorful okay. cast of characters. I want to bring it back. I actually typed it like five times. Yeah. I kept saying colorful cast of characters, and I ended up in the little box where you can search for words. Uh-huh. I searched for it. Went through each and changed them all. Oh! So I was like, I've got to quit saying call for cast characters. I so love it! <laughs> uh, it's descriptive. So, featuring that, from both the forces of good and evil, with each figure being packaged with a mini-comic that laid groundwork for the initial mythos of the Masters of the Universe world. Skeletor, He-Man's arch-nemesis, showcased a sinister and imposing presence with, uh, presence with his skull-faced visage and menacing staff. Other memorable, memorable yeah, that was characters. for little kids. You're like, here, there's little a, five-year-old. There's a terrifying <laughs> skeleton man. He doesn't have any flesh. Get the fuck out of here. Leave me alone. Well, he's got blue flesh for some reason. Yeah. Other memorable characters like Man-at-Arms, Tila, Beastman, and many more added depth Beastman. and diversity to the expanding he's universe. orange. <laughs> he was. He's That's awesome. colorful as shit. He's awesome looking. What truly set Masters of the Universe apart was his innovative playsets and vehicles. These design sets, such as Castle Grayskull and Snake Mountain, provided children with immersive play experiences, allowing them to create epic battles between good and evil. Additionally, a range of vehicles, including Battle Cat, the Wind Raider, and the Land Shark, allowed fans I to transport. Their vehicles went too far. Then they just had horses. Mm-hmm. Like their legs wouldn't move, and like, like the robot, like the mechanical. that one with the long wheel that would always break. That was, <laughs> like there was a couple cool vehicles. But I didn't really fuck with the vehicles very much. I never did with any toy line really. Oh. Vehicles were never, yeah. I never had a lot. You of were them. waiting for Tallbots. Waiting for Tallbots. <laughs> you saw that stack of money <laughs> counted every night. I basically just renamed the Transformers. <laughs> this is what I did there. <laughs> made him like. Longer. But then I made the villain just an average sized <laughs> dude that really hates the tall robots. <laughs> Uh, the launch. Wait, you made that up? <laughs> no. The launch of Masters <laughs> of the Universe coincided with a strategic marketing campaign that positioned the toys as a battle between good and evil. Like I said, television commercials and print advertised showcase the action figures. I love going back watching the old commercials for this stuff. I have been watching. Here's my new thing. I don't think I talked about this last podcast. My new thing that I watch now is you go to YouTube, uh-huh. uh, and you can either choose to watch episodes of shows if you want. Yeah. But if you don't want to watch the shows, and you just want to watch the commercials, type in, uh, like, marathon 80s uh, cartoon show commercials or something. Yeah. And you will get, like, an 8-hour, 12-hour <laughs> block 
of old school commercials. If you want to watch the shows, there's people putting those on there too. <laughs> well, you just want to watch the commercials. I'll just put it on there. It'll be playing in the background while I do other things. That's like taking Oreos and just eating the white shit and just blo- throwing the black shit away. Isn't that how you eat an Oreo? Yep. <laughs> I don't eat Oreos. I don't know. I've had them in the past. I'm not saying I've never eaten an Oreo. Like, um, I've, I've never been at the store and be like, I want to buy some Oreos. Like, I like the golden Oreos. I just don't, you know, when they're there, someone's like, well, I want an Oreo. Like, no, I'll, I'll take, one. take one. Yeah. You know, maybe two. Oreos do kind of, like, they're one of those things that you think, well, me, like, I think I like them. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, I'll get, like, more than one and, like, eat, like, half of one and be like, oh, yeah, these aren't. They're wilding out now, too. They're, like, double stuffed. And, like, oh, <laughs> and there's a hundred different weird flavors. Yeah. Like but yeah, so. do yourself a favor. Just go to YouTube. <laughs> just watch. I will. I, well, I spent like a good four and a half hours the other day watching. Uh, I'm gonna type in Mandela Effect '80s <laughs> commercials. There you go. Oh God. You see what the fuck happens, and it's gonna have Tallbots versus fucking <laughs> Masters of the Universe. Well, if you find something that has Tallbots, you let me know because I'm suing someone. <laughs> you want your toys? Skyscraper. Uh, where am I at here? The launch of Masters of the Universe. Nope. Uh, <laughs> marketing campaign also introduced the iconic catchphrase, I have the power. Yeah. Which became synonymous with He-Man's transferta- transformation into his mighty alter oh, ego. They, yeah. That's, I mean, it was a cool scene. He transformed into He-Man, but it's like, but I why? Do. He was He-Man and Prince Adam. Yeah. Like, why would it matter if he was He-Man? Yeah. Like, I don't understand how <laughs> that would be bad for Eternia. <laughs> He doesn't want to walk around all day in like the short ass fucking man skirt. Or but in the original is. comics, he was just a barbarian that protected the sorceress, like and, sure and battled for eternity. Sure it's all for toys and yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Because then you can sell Prince Adam. Never, I don't even remember playing with the Prince Adam. I, all I my friends had him, Prince Adam. Him, like, like I never remember like wanting a Prince. I think Adam. he came with a robe. Yeah, that everybody lost. Because like he was just like had like purple. a white shirt, yeah, <laughs> pink pink shirt, purple pants, <laughs> blonde bobbed haircut. <laughs> I want it. The response to Masters of the Universe was nothing short of extraordinary. Children were captivated by the rich mythology. They would fucking have heart attacks and die. <laughs> the <laughs> they were like, oh my god! He Man quickly became a cultural sensation, dominating toy store shelves and captiva- captivating the minds of millions. The success of Masters of the Universe storyline paved the way for the extension, expansion of the franchise into other forms of media. The multimedia approach allowed fans to further immerse themselves in, into Eternia and into He-Man's daily life. The birth of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe storyline in 82 marked the beginning of a toy phenomenon that captured 82. the hearts and imaginations of children worldwide. The meticulous design, innovative playsets. That was three. I was not born yet. It's not about you! <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> the Masters of the Universe toy line not only revolutionized the toy industry, but also laid the foundation for a franchise that would continue to thrive and inspire generations of fans. And we'll take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about... All Toys! Of, all of that expansion. <laughs> Be right back. And we're back. In 1983, the world of Masters of the Universe expanded beyond the realm of action figures and playsets with the launch of the animated TV series, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. This animated show brought the fantastical world of Eternia to life, captivating audiences with its thrilling adventures, memorable characters, 
and epic battles between good and evil. I definitely use that phrase a lot. Good and evil, yeah. <laughs> That's He-Man, though. Yeah. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Sometimes it's evil versus evil. To see who gets to go against the like good. When Hordak comes in. Yeah. Uh, I'm more evil than you. I fucking love Hordak. Uh, it introduced viewers to the vibrant world of Eternia, a land where magic, technology, and mythology converged. The show's storyline revolved around the ongoing struggle between He-Man and his allies, known as the Masters of the Universe, and the, male- male- the malevolent forces led by Skeletor, who sought to conquer Eternia and seize the secrets of Castle Grayskull. I mean, it is a, a skull castle, and he is a skull yeah, man. man. So, But like, also, he's got a giant snake mountain. Like, just live and let live. Skeletor. It's true, it's true, you're right. Like, I just wish I could like go back and just be like Skeletor. Hey, just like put my hand on his shoulder. Be thankful for what you have. Yeah, just live and let live, man. Like, yeah, you know, bro. He man's not perfect. And he goes, "Eh, Joe." <laughs> he just stabs me. Yeah. <laughs> Get him, beast man. Voice. <laughs> uh, uh, each episode of the animated series presented self-contained stories. Viewers were treated to a mix of action, adventure, and moral lessons as He Man uses incredible strength, intelligence, and the power of Grayskull to thwart Skeletor's evil plans every damn time. Every time. <laughs> the show's engaging narratives appealed to both children and adults, featuring the themes of friendship, bravery, and the triumph, of course, of... Good, good over evil. Over evil. <laughs> Fuck evil! <laughs> the anime series brought to life... You out there, you evil! Uh, Coming for you! Oh, He-Man, of course, was the embodiment of heroism and courage. His allies, such as the wise and skilled man-at-arms... Oh, yeah. The fierce warrior, Tila. And the swift and loyal battle cat. Tila's bad. She had that cobra-like shield. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to have a Tila figure. Tila, though, was basically Princess Leia. Yeah. She kind of had the same... Yeah. But it went up. She's pre-Sha. She kind of looked like Slave slave Leia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were like, let's just make her. Yeah. Uh, Of course, no hero is complete without his villain. And Skeletor filled that role. His menacing presence, combined with his dark sense of humor, made him an iconic antagonist. Skeletor's minions, including the hulking Beastman, the sorceress Evil Lin, and the bumbling duo of Trapjaw and Triclops. Dude, Trapjaw was so fucking... It is so awesome. Yeah. Uh, provided- Trapjaw like, has like the one arm that you can change the things out too, right? Yeah, that's Trapjaw. Does he have the claws? He has one regular hand, and I'm pretty sure Trapjaw's the one that had the... My favorites are always the Claw Guy. Clawful. Clawful? Yeah. Such a terrible name. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bad guy! And the guy with the... In the yeah, the, yeah, Trap Draw like, had the one hand that you could... You'd always lose him. Mm. He had, like, a little hook, and he had, like, a different kind of hook. I definitely lost those. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. like a pirate. I definitely lost those. But yeah, his jaw could move on the toy. Trap Draw's a close second for me. There's Beast Man, and then Trap Jaw's Trap Draw's pretty badass. Yeah. I always liked... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the guy you said uh, that you said? gave me the name of, Clawful. Clawful. Yeah. Uh, the dude with the bug eyes. Yeah, the uh, the bee man. No, I mean I liked Bee Man too. Oh, Mantana. Mantana. Yeah, he could push his eyes up. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. I liked him a lot, and uh, yeah, the Bee Man was pretty badass, and uh, I'm sure there's a different buzz the, off. The snake guy was awesome. His head popped up. Was it Rattlor? Was that his name? Maybe. There's snake a couple guy, different snakes. You hit a button guys. and his head would, like, the neck would extend. 
I don't remember that. I remember I have the one with the tongue. There's one with like uh, where his body parts pop off, and he's just like mm-hmm. <laughs> seven snakes together. <laughs> they had the weirdest toys, and that one horde act, the one horde toy that came with all the different parts. And he was like a some sort of like crawly thing with like two heads. But then you could literally take them all apart and just put them together however you want. Oh, yeah. I don't uh, remember his name, but he was a cool-looking fella. uh, Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, (laughs) Then there was the rock guy that just folded into a rock. Two of them. Was there two? Two of them. Okay. Uh, Yeah, they transform into rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Quick, become a rock! How about tall rocks? How do you feel about tall rocks? (laughs) The success Rocks were on that uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Have you seen that? Whatever mm-hmm. that movie. Oh, so good. I heard it was amazing. Yeah, there's rocks in that. I won't spoil it. Okay. Is the rock in it? I'm not going to spoil okay. it. Okay. I just watched uh, No Hard In Feelings. my memory, it's all rock. Okay. Every character is the rock. But Mandela Effect probably Who won't. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? They're changing it right now. Yeah, they're probably changing it. But when I watched it, 100% the rock. All right. All right, I'll die on that hill. It happened. If he's not nominated and wins every Oscar ever. I think that movie was already nominated for. Nominated again. Okay. You get that many rocks in one movie. Yeah. The computer. Didn't know how to handle it. (laughs) What are we talking about? It was was everything everywhere all at once. Okay. (laughs) So the success of the show can be attributed to not only its compelling characters, but also its high production values. The animation quality was top-notch for its time. Top-notch. I like that. Featuring vibrant colors. Top-notch. Top-notch. Detailed character designs and dynamic action sequences. It seemed like it was one of the first shows where, like, the bad guys were really fucking cool. Like most of the times, it was like always one bad guy and like a bunch of just like Meh. little shitty minions. Yeah, yeah. they were just kind of all like, like they were all the same or, thing. Yeah, yeah. But this is like they just the cartoon definitely helped because it just they gave them all the you know it's like you, now you knew like in your head how this character would kind of yeah. you know when you're playing with them. Oh shit! There was the when skunk you're 43 guy. at home. Fucking <laughs> skunk, skunk. Yeah, stinkor, stinkor. Yep. Who was the other Harry? Like the other Beast Man? That- oh, Boss Man. No, okay, there was Moss Man, but then who was the guy that was Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Grizzle, Grizzlor. Yeah. Grizzly, Grizzlor. It was just like... Snoop Dogg named him. Doll hair? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's like Cousin It, and they were like, yeah. throw a little, like, throw a little brawl throw a face in there. Or whatever. It's a like, little brawl. It's like a little, little I don't know. Like, he, wears it on his, he wears it on his upper body, right? Boys 5 to 10 said they like guns, wars, and brawls. Brawls, hell yeah. So give him a brawl. You know where brawls go. Over the boobs. And drawers. What? <laughs> that shows. The brawl drawer, my mom had it. Animation studio, Filmation, <laughs> brought a level of artistry and attention to detail that elevated the viewing spirits, ensured that the adventures of He-Man resonated with the audiences. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe left its mark on pop culture. It's not only entertained viewers, but also served as a platform for promoting positive values and life lessons. Hell yeah. Each episode concluded with a moral message imparted by He-Man himself, teaching children about the importance of honesty, kindness, and standing up for what is right. I was turning that shit off. <laughs> I was like, story's over! <laughs> See you later, Grandpa! Right, you He-Man, to, like, save your bullshit to someone else. I didn't get through toilet paper on this house, He-Man! Fuck off! That was what every show did. <laughs> yeah. He-Man did it. G.I. Joe did it. Yep. Mr. T. I really tried. <laughs> but that was, I, like... I was yeah, deaf to it all! Parental no. groups, like, had, like... They demanded certain things. <laughs> so much violence that they'd be like, listen, kids. There was a Rambo cartoon, for Christ's <laughs> yeah. sake. 
Which actually, I guess the Rambo cartoon. Uh, so it was canceled because parental groups got together and was like, "You can't have like, <laughs> what are this." This is about a fucking ex vet, no, you know, <laughs> nom vet that has PTSD. But and they said it was the violence. But I guess like there was a study done or whatever. Like somebody went back and looked. It has like no violence in it, <laughs> and like they compared it to GI Joe and stuff. And all of the other shows just are miles. Pew, of, pew, pew, pew. Like, like they never Rambo shoot never, anybody, but they fucking try. You can shoot, you can shoot vehicles, but no one ever dies. Yeah. And if somebody gets blown out of the air, they have a they have a parachute. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah, um, hell yeah. So the the success led to the release of tie-in merchandise, including comics, regular books, clothing, and more. Like I'm sure there was lunch boxes. I well, you have a lunch box. Well, I sold it. Okay, I had the TV tray. Sold notebooks, it. like everything. Uh, yeah, pen, there's a guy Justice Curry on YouTube. I've, I watched so many YouTube videos just about like He-Man collectors, yeah, Joe collectors, stuff like. That. There's so much merchandise. It's insane. And then like you go, then there's like merchandise that was only all available in Europe and Germany, yeah. you know, stuff like that. And it's like just, just every, just everything. I mean, they're just like here's a skateboard and a fucking bike and. Just like tense and God, I'm so sad. I still don't have all of my He-Man pop Funkos. Yeah, you gave one to me and I sold it. You gave me the we did some Hordak. Hordak. Yeah, yeah, we did something. We did Wink, something Wink. Remember Hand, that hand job. <laughs> Every time I see that stain on the floor, I'm like, oh, Hordak. That was a Hordak hand job. <laughs> Lord knows what? a few of those. Decades later, the animated series continues to hold a special place in the hearts of fans. Its popularity has sparked nostalgia-driven revivals and re-releases, which I have never watched any of them, allowing new generations to... I have a DVD of, like, one of the most recent ones. I tried to watch the Kevin Smith one Yeah. on Netflix. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, Not a fan. There was two new series on Netflix. I thought they were both terrible. Yeah. Yeah. The story's there. Yeah, we don't need. What that. are we doing? <laughs> we don't. I'm sorry. Like, I love Kevin Smith, but like the story's there. <laughs> yeah, you can't make it better. Like it, if you can, like it doesn't matter. That's what I hate. Like it's why it doesn't change it. Just because the animation looks better. Yeah. Like if you want to do that, take the original show. Man, we're just rounding as everything like new and. <laughs> <laughs> take the original show, update the animation. Yeah. And then air it. Yeah. Or if you're Kevin Smith. Like, Seth Rogen's doing this, kind of, where he's kind of, well, he's not doing what I'm about to say, but he's, like, reinventing the Ninja Turtles, right? Yeah. That movie coming out, which uh-huh. looks amazing. But, like, at least he's putting his own spin on things. If you're Kevin Smith and you want to do, like, a He-Man thing or whatever. With He-Man clerks. Take He-Man <laughs> and all those characters yeah. and put them in a Kevin Smith story. Yeah. Don't, like, what are we doing, man? <laughs> you're Kevin Smith. Be awesome. Yeah. So, anyways... Since we have all the answers. Yep, we do. We're going to talk about... Call us, Netflix. We're going to talk about the reason this, this podcast exists call right us? now. This episode. Call they us? They call, call people? Like, hey. Uh, contact us. At me. Let's take some calls from the fans. <laughs> Chris from... Uh, oh, wait. No, had that wrong. I'm sorry. Guy from Nebraska. <laughs> yes, uh, Joe. Good to hear you again. Mom still has your puppets. Mom's a puppet. What can he say? I think guy <laughs> turned mom into a puppet. I mean, anything's a puppet if you want it oh, bad enough. I, oh, I don't. Oh. It's I'm true. A, it's I'm, true. I'm just, that wasn't me. That was guy. Joe, <laughs> you're going to be a puppet. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm coming. I have you place on the bed, Joel. Pup, 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 pup it. Pup it. You're going to hear that before it all goes dark. So... In 1987, <laughs> Masters of the Universe made a leap from the small screen and I'll be dead to the silver screen with the release of the live-action film titled Masters of the Universe, directed by Gary Goddard and I starring. I got every time you say the movie. I'm like, Ugh. it's starring Dolph Lundgren as He-Man. <laughs> that fine. The film, he. I mean, yeah. I feel like He-Man Skeletor. They kind of got. Pretty good. Everything and else. everything else was just like, yeah, they got the established characters in their own. See, they, they tried. They were like, let's... They tried Evil Lynn was good. Yeah. Evil Lynn was good. Evil Lynn was good. But, but really... I feel like the thing that we said we want Kevin Smith to do was try something new, but it just it wasn't... They anything. tried something new. It was awful. <laughs> they should have probably stuck to the original a little bit more. <laughs> So, uh, like, no, no, the, the little wizard guy, what's his name? Uh, fuck, why well, can't do it right now. We'll get to him. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, so, Dolph Lundgren was He-Man. The film aimed to bring the epic battles and heroic adventures of Eternia to a wider audience. While the movie faced numerous challenges during production and garnered mixed critical reception. How is it going to, who's going to be like, oh, I'm sorry to that cartoon, I'm going to check out, I've never watched it, but a movie about it? I've never seen a movie about a cartoon I've never watched, but like, I But I'm going to go to this one, because yeah. that's Dolph Lundgren. He just got beat up by Rocky, yeah. but he killed Apollo Creed, no, so. Is He-Man, that cartoon that I've never seen, but the toys are fucking everywhere? <laughs> Because if you didn't like He-Man, you're like, ah, damn, why is there so much He-Man? Well, it was also like, they very much, you could tell, were like, hey, it's kind of like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. They even have a, I watched an old trailer, not a, it's kind of a trailer, it's one of those trailers where they have like, people that just watch the movie, yeah, yeah. telling you whatever, you know, where they clearly gave that person $10 and said, <laughs> say this. But one girl's I like. I it was just because they're in the 80s, and there's people like, it's totally right. <laughs> Well, that's that how happened. I talk now, but but then yeah, the very end of it is some girl going, "It's just like Star Wars." <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, they they really wanted that." Maybe Star Wars. <laughs> Remember it? This movie, I was like, "Yeah, is this Star Wars?" Remember like, the Star Wars? <laughs> the Masters of the Universe film transported viewers from the. Uh, where I said that. The movie followed the classic <laughs> conflict between He Man and his allies. Good versus evil. Skeletor, who sought to control. To gain control of the cosmic key. I thought Skeletor was pretty badass in that movie. I he think they did Skeletor pretty, cool. pretty well. The cosmic key, of course, is a powerful artifact capable of unlocking the secrets of the universe. That a fucking 80s musician can play. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren's portrayal of He-Man presented a physically imposing presence that closely resembled the character's iconic appearance. While the film's interpretation of He-Man differed slightly from the animated series... Lundgren's performance captured the hero's noble spirit and determination to protect Eternia. Even though it was rather stone-faced and Dolph Lundgren-y, yeah. he wasn't bad. Supporting performances... <laughs> they could have got Freddie Prince Jr. That's right. Could have been... <laughs> got Fred He's Savage. Freddie Prince Jr. of his time. Why wasn't Fred Savage in this? Uh, <laughs> might have been. Supporting might performances from Frank Langella as Skeletor and Meg Foster as Evelyn added depths of gravitas to the villainous side of the story. The film faced challenges during its production, primarily due to Nobody budgetary to constraints like, what? and creative differences. Is this a cartoon? Uh, the original vision for the movie aimed to be more f- to be a more faithful adaptation of the animated series, but budget limitations forced significant changes, resulting in a different tone and narrative. See, if you can't do it right, just come on. 
The original draft included more time spent on Eternia and in Snake Mountain. It had Beast Man in a talking role, and even revealed that He-Man's mother was originally from Earth, as per the character Queen Marlena from the Filmation animated series. So you could have had Beast Man yeah. as a character in this. I'm 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 even madder than I was before. <laughs> now every time you talk about the movie, I'm just gonna punch something. I don't blame you. According to the director, Gary Goddard, Mattel caused problems for the production crew the by not... The director of what? The Masters of the Universe. God, punch! <laughs> Mattel caused problems for the production crew by not paying their half of the production budget on time. A member of staff was forced to put lens caps on cameras on several shooting days to prevent any more filming from taking place. They couldn't take the lens caps off? I don't understand. I think it's just like it shut, like, they... Can you lock them? Maybe you lock them. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, how do we take it off? Due to the production running out of budget, Goddard had to finance the filming of the battle scene between He-Man and Skeletor himself. Only Lundgren and Langella were present, along with a very small crew, with the set's lighting made to, made dark to emphasize the actor's presence. Uh, Mattel also initially... Mattel was also initially very controlling over how He-Man was depicted in the film, insisting that the character could not Always appear. Always behind, right? <laughs> you show, show Dolph's ass. butt. Yeah. Uh, they insisted the character not do anything morally wrong, such as swearing or killing. Sales of He-Man toys dipped in the middle of production, after which Goddard noted that Mattel relaxed their rules and allowed the director to have more liberties with the character. Two sound stages needed to be connected to film the interior of Castle Grayskull, with matte paintings, matte paintings filling in the pits of the central walkway. Unhappy with Lundgren's reading of He-Man's dialogue, Goddard initially planned to have Lundgren's dialogue dubbed over by another actor, but was mo- James not... Earl Jones? James Earl Jones. <laughs> but was not permitted to do so due to contractual reasons. Lundgren's dialogue was subsequently re-recorded and dubbed over the original footage to better meet Goddard's standards. Uh, so when... Um, so Canon Films is the one that produced this. They're the ones that distributed it, I mean. So they had two other projects in the works uh, at the time. So what they did was they took uh, a ton of Masters of the Universe's budget and basically set it aside for the other movies. Okay. And then lost all of their money. Oh. I forget what the other two movies were. Financial geniuses. The fi- the financial geniuses over at Canon Films. I love Canon Films though. That's well, if you ever see Canon Films yeah. VHS tapes, just go ahead and nab them for me. Yeah, Canon. I got the missing a- missing in action two over there. All right. Uh, Canon. If you ever see Psycho. Okay. Nab that for me. Yeah. Why don't you talk for a minute while I look up some? All right. What, what, talk about this movie. Anything you want. Do you remember the toys that came out for this? movie? Yeah, they were terrible. Spark they're War. Fucking awful. Because like, they're from the movie. You gave that one guy a little like yeah, thing and he sparked. But they're, they're just shit from the movie, and the movie was shit. And I feel like after the movie, though, I just stopped watching the cartoon, too. I think the movie ruined my life. Now that you bring this up and we talk about it, like I'm just I'm, I'm punch happy thinking about this movie. So, Canon Films, uh, they... These fucking idiots. They also had the rights to Superman 4. Uh... So they thought Superman Four was going to be, yeah, there was going to be there. Uh, people can't get enough. Oh, they can't get enough Superman. They've had enough. Oh, 
Oh, wait 20 years, baby. Okay, thanks. So they basically, they actually, so it was actually the opposite. They took all the money, like, basically put it into Masters of the Universe uh-huh. uh, while gambling on, like, the two other films they had, thinking, like, Masters of the Universe is going to make us yeah. all of the money in the world. And then it didn't. So then, <laughs> so then Superman 4 got, like... Oh, my God. I can't wait to hear, like, what this movie cost to make and what it made. I, I bet it still hasn't even made it back, like, in DVD sales. Because you have a, the Blu-ray, right? Uh, no. Who has the Blu-ray? I thought somebody had I the wish Blu-ray I had the Blu-ray. I don't have... Oh, it. no, you got the Blu-ray for uh, No Holds Barred. These movies are... Yeah. Kind of, no Holds Barred, the Master <laughs> of the Universe, have, like, this weird place in my brain where they're, like, just next-door neighbors. I wish I had. And, like, Hulk Hogan and He-Man are just, like, buds, you know? Like, they sit in the garage <laughs> and just drink beers, and they're, like, they talk about the wives and... You know, like, oh, why can't I go in? Why can't I, you know, just... Looking back, I can't believe Hulk Hogan wasn't cast as He-Man. Ah, that would have yeah, been good. <laughs> he had the hair yeah. already. Damn, we're going to back in time. If we, can't make gonna, Skeletor, if we can't change Skeletor, we'll at least get Hulk Hogan. We're going to Mandela this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing! So, prior to releasing the film, the canon group touted Masters of the Universe as the new Star Wars. Wow. Despite releasing alongside the height... Of success, nothing turns me off faster than calling something the new anything. <laughs> Despite releasing alongside the height of the success of the toy line, the animated series, and related merchandise, Masters of the Universe began as the third highest grossing film of the weekend in North America on August 7th, 1987. August 7th? Is that your that birthday? was your boy's eighth birthday. There you go. Did you go watch Masters of the Universe on your eighth I birthday? I don't think so. I probably went to the mall and saw some fucking. <laughs> You're not dumb, my man. They fucking ran out crying. So it. It uh, was Dolph Lundgren and like a little single tear rolled down his face. It earned in the third spot. It earned four thousand or four million eight hundred eighty-three thousand one hundred sixty-eight dollars. Behind Stakeout. Never heard of it. Which made over five million. That was on my birthday too. It was at number August two, 7th? and then number one was the Living Daylights. The Living Daylights. Nope. It earned over seven, seven and a half million. Good so job. like, I I understand Masters of the Universe isn't the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> but at least the only weekend you figure. At least people know what it is. Summer so. movie came out in summer. It came out in summer. The yeah. film quickly left the charts wow. altogether, though. I can't believe the Masters of the Universe movie came out on my birthday. So, it had an estimated budget. I don't remember as a kid. I think that's a Mandela thing. That's. I don't think that I definitely happened. watched it I a few remember, times in theaters. I don't remember that happening. So I'm going to dispute it. It had a estimated budget of $22 million. <laughs> It's gross worldwide. You were right. Is at seventeen, a little bit over seventeen million. Wow. It has never made back. It's its money. in the red. Yeah, yeah. So, a little hurtful, a little yeah. hurtful there. <laughs> so, Masters of the Universe received generally negative reviews from critics. Currently holds a twenty-two percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes, based on twenty-seven reviews. It's not a lot of That's reviews, it? guys. But I think that is only critic reviews. Oh, okay. Like you can't, just, like you can do the oh, audience right. review. Yeah. But like the actual Rotten Tomato score is based on critics. Uh, so the critical consensus reads, uh, Masters of the Universe is a slapdash adaptation of the He-Man mythos that can't overcome its cynical lack, uh, its cynicism, no matter how admirably Frank Langella throws himself into the role of Skeletor. Uh, Variety called it a Conan Star Wars hybrid ripoff, 
and called it a colossal bore. And they were probably high fiving over that. They're like, they said we were like Star Wars. <laughs> Despite the film being panned, actor Frank Langella expressed to media later that he loved playing Skeletor and worked very hard to make the role as exciting as possible, remarking that it was a positive experience for Best him. Best part of the movie. It is amazing. Uh, the commercial failure of Masters of the Universe, among other films such as Superman 4 and Life Force, contributed to the eventual eventual closure of Canon Films. Uh, Canon Films had intended to create a Masters of the Universe sequel, indicated by the end credits with the revelation that Skeletor survives his fall. <laughs> the sequel, titled Masters of the Universe 2, Revenge of the Beast, was written. The script featured He-Man returning to Earth to battle Skeletor, who had returned to Earth and possessed the body of a big business entrepreneur named Dark. He took control of technology of Dark Industries in a new effort to take over the universe. On Skeletor's trail, He-Man was to take on the guise of a professional quarterback to pursue his enemy undercover. (laughs) You're making it. Is this the uh, Tallbots? Look, this is my pitch for Tallbots. I'll try a different method. (laughs) He-Man's a quarterback? He was in the body of a quarterback. Pro surfer Laird Hamilton was set to replace Dolph Lundgren as He-Man. With a budget of $4.5 million. This <laughs> <laughs> is him surfing. The sequel I'm He-Man. was to be directed by Albert Pune consecutively with the canceled Spider-Man. That was the other movie. Was Canon funny. was like, Superman 4 and Spider-Man. Yeah. We're going to make all the money in the world off Masters of the Universe, and then we're going to fucking bring Superman and Spider-Man to the they big were, screen. They were counting their tickets before they, <laughs> the other kids even fucked. They didn't even have uh, tickets that could fuck. They could yeah. have eggs to count, and they were trying to count those chickens. Well, if you had two chickens fucked, <laughs> you wouldn't get eggs, because you'd need a rooster. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, farmer. Farmer. Yeah, Phil. I'd like you to get it right when you're in my presence. All you right. know how I am about this farming stuff. Damn. Okay. Good. The Put pro- me in my place. Put me in a place where I belong. <laughs> the Go project- on. Go on. The project was abandoned when Cannon was unable to pay Mattel's fees. Never been on a fucking farm. I don't know this shit. How have you, you doing, like, man? A couple chickens, fucking. <laughs> of course, one's a rooster. Of course. <laughs> of course, one's a fucking rooster. It's <laughs> two chickens, but one's a rooster. Yeah, well, the know, hey, with the hey dick. it's 2023. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. Yeah. yeah, quit putting your roles I'm on sorry, these. Sorry, I did not mean to assume poultry. Okay, poultry's <laughs> gender. Just go. So, the you're the poultry police. I they, get it. They okay. had already made Officer. costumes and sets were already being built, <laughs> so they ended up using all of that for a low budget sci fi film named Cyborg, the John Claude Van Damme oh. uh, vehicle, which that. Led to this film occasionally, the cyborg is occasionally called Masters of the Universe 2, the cyborg. Is he a quarterback in that movie? No. <laughs> they dropped no. that. They just used a lot of the costumes and the sets. Yeah, okay. So Matthew, or Matthews, Matthews of the Universe, <laughs> Masters of the Universe was Lundgren's first leading role in a feature film following his success in Rocky IV. And he, I wouldn't call it his success. He was in a successful movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, anybody would have been in Rocky and they would have gone and fucking watched it. Uh, he later labeled... Uh, Masters of the Universe as his least favorite film role. Conversely, Langella, like I said, considered he, Skeletor. He's been in those Expendable movies. Yeah. He's been in a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah. So, maybe, you know, watch your mouth. <laughs> the Masters of the Universe film 
the Masters of the Universe film's impact Hulk Hogan whoop his ass. extends beyond its initial release. It served as an early example of a toy-based franchise attempting to make the transition to live-action cinema, paving the way for future adaptations of similar properties. How many movies did we miss out on because that? What if that movie had been good? We would have had like the superhero thing now. Yeah, that's I mean, now. But what? back then we'd had like a GI Joe live action, like just yeah. You know, we got to oh, live yeah. action, but much. You know, but that movie bothered. We'd have got all that <laughs> so much. Let's just stay in our lane. That was like a yeah. Just yeah, I don't know what like has there ever been a toy line movie that's been good? I mean, Transformers made money, but I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't. And it's not like I feel like now it's old enough where like it's not really a toy line movie. It's just like it's now it's become its own thing. Yeah, like they're now they're like, hey, the new one's got dinosaurs. That was one of the toys, but it's like still, it's just yeah, it doesn't look anything like any of the cartoon toys. It's like like the GI Joe live action movies suck. Transformers. Oh yeah, wasn't yeah, that's right. That came out on my birthday too, August seventh, when I turned thirty. Yeah, the first one. I don't know if there's Battleship was terrible. Yeah, I didn't watch Battleship. Yeah, I don't know if I can. That's a fucking game. Yeah, that's a board game. So, yeah, I don't know if there's ever been a good live-action toy. Uh, let us know. Yeah. Let us know. Uh, then maybe there's listening. like there might be a very obvious one that we're like, oh, yeah. yeah. The ma- Pretty dumb. Matt here. Uh, in recent years... There Lego been- movie. Lego movies. <laughs> are, those are pretty great. Yeah. In recent years, there have been talks, but those aren't live-action. Nope. There have been talks of a new... Get ma- fucked, Joel! <laughs> you don't know about roosters, and now this? One more thing, Joel! One more thing, you're gone! If you would have bought my tall box. <laughs> oh, that is, oh, man, that is three. I'm done. You fucked yourself. I fucked myself. You brought this on yourself. In recent years, there have been talks of a new Masters of the Universe film aimed at reintroducing the unforgettable characters and mythology to modern audiences. This new adaptation seeks to embrace the nostalgia of the franchise while delivering a fresh and exciting cinematic experience. I'll pick it. <laughs> I will pick it. What if it's, like, amazing? What if it's, like, nope. true to... Old man hates new okay, things. Okay, all right, I got you. <laughs> If there's clouds out that day, whoo-wee, I'm going to yell at the clouds, and I'm going to pick at this movie. <laughs> Masters of the Universe, the film, was a notable attempt to bring the battles in fantastical world of Victoria to the big screen. Despite its challenges and mixed critical reception, the film holds a place in the hearts of this fan. And <laughs> Josh, that's what <laughs> has left a lasting impact on the franchise's history. Whether as a nostalgia relic of the 80s or as a stepping Orca. stone, Orca was that dude. <laughs> the little red wizard. Uh, f- n- yeah. yeah, that was Orca from the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Was what was like, the guy's name from the movie? Fuck that movie. I don't know. Came out on my birthday. It was something stupid. I'm going to rule my birthday. Look, man, I didn't make your birthday. Shit! Gwildor. 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 I'm Gwildor. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, well, I don't remember him from the cartoons. I remember that the first he time wasn't. I watched it. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And then they had the... Don't He-Man explain me! They had like Don't a, you He-Man explain me! They had the weird, like, pirate with the... Yeah, not, bald guy. Like... And then just, like, henchmen. You have awesome characters. Yeah. What are we doing? I have a merman guy. Have He's a... bug like, eyed oh. man. Since its inception, Masters of the Universe has undergone a remarkable re- evolution, expanding and adapting to suit the changing times and tastes of its fan base. From its humble beginnings as a toy line to its expansive multimedia they do like a franchise. Of the Universe High. And do like a my so called oh, like He Man crossover. Mm-hmm. Where He Man's not quite sure, you know, like, whoa. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. The toy line that started it all was introduced by... Uh, we talk about it. Success of the action figures paved the way for the creation of the animated series. Talked about that. Uh, 
Oh, wait, I just need to skip down here. As we reflect on the Masters universe, it becomes evident the franchise holds a special place in the hearts of many. Maybe not the movie, but the toys and the animated show yeah. for most. And you can't separate the movie. From it's, its, all part of it. from its humble beginnings as a storyline to its multimedia empire, encompassing animated series, comics, films, and more, Masters of the Universe has left an unforgettable mark on pop culture. At the core of the Masters of the Universe is the power of imagination. The franchise encouraged children to create their own adventures and narratives, fostering a sense of wonder and creativity. Though the act, Through the action figures, children could bring their favorite characters to life, embarking on epic battles and heroic quests. The endurance of Masters of the Universe can also be attributed to its iconic characters, he-Man, the heroic champion of Eternia with his mighty sword and unwavering courage, became an inspirational figure for many young fans. Skeletor, the cunning villain, captivated audience with his wicked charm and memorable catchphrases. Each character in the franchise, from Tila to Man-at-Arms to Orko, brought something unique to the table, creating a diverse and memorable ensemble. The franchise's impact extends beyond its initial run in the 80s. Its popularity has led to dedicated fan communities that continue to celebrate and get engaged with the world of Masters of the Universe. Fan conventions, cosplay events, and online communities provide platforms for enthusiasts to come together, share their passion, and keep the spirit of, spirit of attorney alive. Dork out! That's right. I'm on the dorks. Get I'm your on, dork out! I'm on some Facebook pages. The sense of community further strengthens the franchise. Hey man, Facebook pages. I got you. Okay. Furthermore, the Masters of the Universe franchise has inspired subsequent generations of creators. Many artists, writers, and filmmakers have cited Masters of the Universe as significant influences on their work, resulting in references, homages, and even direct tributes in various forms of media. This ripple effect demonstrates the lasting impact and cultural relevance of the franchise as it permeates through different creative endeavors. Looking ahead, the world of Masters of the Universe shows no signs of fading. With new adaptations, merchandise, and dedicated fan base, the franchise continues to capture the hearts of everyone. The continued success of Masters of the Universe lies in its ability to evoke a sense of nostalgia, inspire creativity, and provide a source of joy and escapism for fans of all ages. Even 43-year-olds! Masters of the Universe stands as a testament to the everlasting power of childhood memories, the impact of storytelling, and the timeless appeal of heroic adventures. As we celebrate the franchise, we can be certain that the world of Eternia will continue to inspire and captivate generations to come. Lily loves He-Man. She knows about He-Man. She, uh, she, she gets I it. would hope so with all the stuff you had. Yeah. But they, they are still trying to bring stuff out. But, like, yeah, yeah, none of the shows have, I think, been good. I wish I had a spot where I could put everything back up. I mean, I, I you like, did have a you know, shitload. I got the little carrier, you know, the lot of characters, books, comics. I remember the. Did you remember the uh, TV tray? Yeah, I had the TV tray. I had it too, but I sold it. I sold that. Oh, one. you had it like even yeah. rec- recently, yeah, recently too. Recently yeah, sold, yeah, real good shape one, but yeah, I just got rid of some stuff. There was so much Masters of the yeah. Universe stuff. I have like a He-Man bank. I kept that. Didn't the. Uh, was it Snake Mountain? Does it have, like, the puppet? Snake, no, Snake Mountain has the microphone. You talk into the, okay. the snake out, you talk into it, and it changes your voice. So there's does Grayskull one, have one you can... Yeah, there's another one that has a, another playset. There's, like, another couple playsets. They had the slime pit. I remember the slime pit. And there was, like, one that was, like, the horde. I think it was that one. It was like Where the it's horde. got, like, a black sleeve that you yeah. can put your hand through? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was there, like, a... You fucked it, didn't you? Well, yeah. <laughs> Take this, Galtor! Oh, I fisted it. Yeah. 
I used Fistor to fist okay. it. Remember Fistor? Oh, yeah, yeah. He had a big fist. He had a big fist. <laughs> <laughs> that was... <laughs> I remember Manny Faces, one of my friends. I, like, left at his house or something like that. Or he took it from my house. I let him borrow it. And then, like, they moved. It was just some shit where I just knew I was never getting that toy back. And it still haunts me. Still I see, haunts I, I me. see it out, but it's just like, I don't want it. You know, I had one. He's fucking gone. All my shit was gone. This is all stuff I've reacquired since, like, becoming a quote-unquote an adult. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, oh, I forgot about that guy. Um, let's see here. So we got Battle Armor He-Man. Oh, I was going to say, there's so many He-Man, too, in Skeletor. Battle Armor Skeletor. Uh, Beast Man. Blast Attack. I don't remember him. No, I have to see him. I'm sure if I saw him, I would. Buzz Off. Buzz Off. Love Buzz Off. Classic. I love Buzz Off. There was... And you can... Now that Walmart has, like... You can buy Buzz Off new. In yeah. Package. It's know, so weird. Like 17, 20 bucks, you know? Like, I buy He-Man and Skeletor like that. And we got... A, and a Beast Man off that line. Those are the three off that line I bought. Uh, we, of course, got Hordak. Clamp Class. Champ. I love Hordak. I Clamp Champ is... I think Hordak's my favorite character yeah. overall. Uh, Clawful. He's up there. Clawful. Dragstore. Don't remember Dragstore. I, Dragster. I, again, I have to see, see him. Uh, Evelyn Extendar. Oh, that was the guy with the neck. He like yeah. had the tall neck. There was Faker. Faker, uh, yeah. He was a blue He-Man. Was he like a robot? Yeah. Like a mechanical yeah. thing? Yeah. And they had that robot guy, the, the actual robot... That, that was, was a toy that was that like not Stratos? Had. No, it was a different guy. He like had the clear chest where you could see. Oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. Uh, yeah. There was Grizzlor. Uh, Horde. Uh, Named by Snoop Dogg. The Horde Trooper. Okay, yeah, he was like the big kind of gray looking guy. There was Jitsu. He was a karate guy, probably. King Hiss. Yeah. King Hiss was awesome because you could take his body apart, and then he was like a snake. Oh yeah, that's what I thought. Person. Yeah, there was like Is a, that whole, who you're yeah, about? a whole like group of snakes. Uh, King Randor, Cobra Khan, uh, Leech. I liked Leech because he had the yeah. suction cup things. Lily, growing up, she had, I let her have that toy in the bathtub. Yeah, yeah like, it was... Just like the O-ring broke, and it was like, well, oh, well. Oh, well. Because uh, of the O-ring, people can fix it. But I was like, fuck you, Leech, and I threw it away. We got Man-at-Arms, Man-E-Faces, yeah. Mantana, uh, Mechaneck, Merman, Modulock. Is he the one you're talking about that you can take apart? Mosquitoer, Mossman, Multibot. Multibot's the one. See, like, I'd get them usually used a lot of times. They wouldn't have the packaging and shit. Ninjor, Orko, Ram Man, Ratlord. I have an Orko. I have a Ram Man. Like, I have a lot of the, like... Rio Blast? I have a lot of, like, the 80 ones. Scareglow was badass. Yeah, I have a Scareglow re- reissue. I guess I have four reissues. I'm a liar. Snake Face, Snout Spout, Sorceress, Spikeor, <laughs> Squeeze. He had the big arms. The big, he had the big, like, stretchy arms that you could pull back and forth through his body. I don't remember that. Stinkor. Double Trouble, I have that, where it was, like, the two-headed guy, like, his arms was. Mm-hmm. So this has got to be fun for people watching this reading. Yeah, it's <laughs> us reading names. Too and bad. I have a country question for you. A country question? Yeah, for country music. Okay. Uh, this song came in my head the other day, and I didn't want to look it up because I wanted to see if you knew who sang it. Okay. If you walk, don't drive. Do, do the watermelon, watermelon crawl. crawl. Who sings that? Uh, watermelon crawl is. Who is it? All right, back to He Man then. 
Oh, I figured you would know it. That's why I didn't Google it. Just watermelon. I was like, this God is good for the show. This is going to drive me crazy. If you don't drink, don't drive to the watermelon crawl. I want to say John Anderson, but that's not right. Yeah, I know John Anderson from uh, from uh, the other show. The other show. Run crawl down. I got to look it up now. All right. Uh, I, it's on my country playlist. Yeah, it's a good song, but I can't remember who sings it. Uh, it's not. It's not Tracy uh, Bird. Tracy Bird. Yeah. Okay, Tracy. Bird. His number one hit, followed right behind by Drinking Bone. Nope, don't know that one. Just know the Watermelon Crawl. Okay. Is he the guy that did like uh, Third Rock from the Sun? Or no, Third Rock from the Sun was Joe Diffie. Joe Diffie. <laughs> yeah. We need to go see him in concert. He's dead. He's dead. Yeah. Oh yeah, Diffie's dead. I guess you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. <laughs> damn right. Diffie do? No, I Diffie with you. <laughs> I I don't think we just get used to say Joe Diffie. I thought that was one of his songs. I wanted to do the damn Diffie do, damn Diffie don't. Glad you got to do it. <laughs> glad I yeah! glad make your dreams come true. Woo! Your Diffie dreams. Uh, I can't believe I thought it turned around from the sun. This one's for you, Joe Diffie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, on that cue, <laughs> I want you to watermelon crawl your ass out of here. <laughs> never come back. <laughs> and never come back. I'm going to put my toys. I'm going to get all my He-Man toys out. I want you as far away from me uh, as we the third rock of the sun. We were once at my house, and Mike started playing with my He-Man shit. Dude, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, These are not for play. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Mike always lo- he would love to come over and, like, just move shit around. And it would fucking, like, yeah. I, I would always see it. Mm, can't be doing that. No, because all my shit's out, out of the package, you yeah. know? I'm out of the box. Yeah, you already, they're already raw dogging life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just let them be, man. They're just there for show. Yeah. You know? Then you need, well, what you need is, you need a little box that has, you know, some stuff you don't care about. Uh-huh. Be like, these are not for play. Yeah. Here's a box <laughs> that you can play with. It wouldn't matter. He'd still fuck with me. <laughs> All He's right. a good friend like that. Okay. Yeah, let's uh, fuck Damned him. if you do, damned if you don't. If you walk, don't drive, do the walk. Oh, man, I was way off. I mean, that was 